Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, just thank you for today, and just thank you for just being our God. And I also just thank you for making where you're always correct, and there's no such thing as you being wrong. Mm-hmm. And I also I ask that you come to, come to our midst and just help us with your word so we can get it correct. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 15, and this morning we're going to cover verses 14 through 24. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, honey, honey. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word or deed to make the Gentiles obedient. In mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy, by the power of the Spirit of God, sorry, so that from Jerusalem and around about to Elacrim, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and to those who have not heard shall understand. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. But now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire that these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. Amen. So the floor is open. For each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. All right. So, who would like to begin? I will. I found the. Uh, which verse is that? Uh, I found verse 18 interesting when Paul was referring to how he doesn't say things that he himself has not experienced to try to get other people to listen and to receive what he's saying. Um, I think what Paul is saying here is both that he's not going for abstract details that have no appliance and that 
we can say, okay, if that were hypothetically to happen, okay, I technically would do that. But he gives you something hard and real so that way you can see it. So, and it's kind of like the way that you did, you saying, you don't give us hypothetical sentences because it gives the impression of, okay, if this th- planet shift so happened to align just perfectly and this happens, this is how it act. But he gives an example that many people can relate to and have experienced in our life to draw as an example because we have been through it and we have seen how it's affected our lives. So I think that's what Paul is getting at here. He's using um, examples from his own life that he himself has experienced and drawing from that experience and how he felt from each to convey it to the people that he's preaching to. Hmm. That's an interesting point. And yes, I, I do say, and you see this throughout scripture, right? Yes. We're, and we're taught through history. Right? And that's, that's the exact same thing I, I teach by, right? And not, I don't mean anyone's history. In the word, the Lord always teaches Israel through their own history. These things are written so that the people know their own history. They know the when things went well, the reasons why, and then they know why things didn't go well when they had those periods as well, right? Yes. And why? what's the reason for that? Through their own action if they were, and if they were following what the Lord told them to do. Okay. Yes, and as it pertains to what we're discussing now, right? Teaching through our own history, shared experiences, right? You know exactly, you know, I'll say the five senses, you can use them while you were in that situation, having that experience, right? Yes. But then as soon as we bring that back up, are you not also reminded of everything that was going on there? But yes. now there's a there's a natural saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's hard, sometimes it's hard to see in the, the quote unquote fog of war when you're in the middle of the situation. But when we look back and we reflect on it and we meditate and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things, hindsight is twenty twenty. There's clarity and accuracy. Right? Yes. Okay. There's clarity and accuracy and now that we're removed and we've passed that situation, we can review it and we're not surrounded by the fog of war. We can see exactly what's going on and what should have happened as opposed to feeling pressured to make a decision in the moment. Now that didn't happen in Christ because as we read, he became a servant to the circumcision as in he, well, let me get back to that scripture and I'll read it. He became a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Right? He yes. put himself in a place and in, in, uh, Paul says in other scripture, right? He buffeted his flesh. Right? So that he wouldn't miss out on the prize. It applied to him first. He did it so he could clearly and accurately hear what the Father was saying through the Holy Spirit to him about what he should say and do. So that's why I use, I'll say, our family history, situations and events that we all have been through. Yes. To aid in the learning. Right? Yes. Again, not to condemn. 
Right, but we can look at these things. We should be able to discuss and address them. All with the attempt and purpose of edifying, of building up. We shouldn't be making the same mistakes. Is that not what's part of what study of scripture is? Why should it be any different in our natural life? It shouldn't. Okay. So, and again, isn't that exactly how the Lord teaches us? Yes. He doesn't just put a rug over it and cover it up. No, he doesn't. He, he, he rips that rug right off when we try to put it over there on top of our sin and our mess. And he says, no, 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 let's look at this. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do it from a place of humiliation and shame. Not at all. But truth, which is healing and restoring and makes us able to function and to flourish, mm-hmm. not just get by. Exactly. So Paul is also talking about, so I'll say Paul uses his own history. And, and also, why do we use our own history? Because we were there. We were there, right? Yes. So it holds greater weight, greater value and importance to us in our own lives, right? Yes. Than a hypothetical situation that may or may not happen, quote unquote, if the planets align and, right? Yes. But it's an actual experience. Um, I was looking for a scripture. Oh, also, not everyone has the same experiences, right? No. Let's look at Jesus in his time on earth. He performed incredible miracles, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Acts 19 verse 11 says what? Well, 11 and 12 says this. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Where was that written in the Old Testament? It's not. It's not. What about all the other things that happened in the Old Testament where the waters divided? Had that happened previously? No, but it was part of the history. And then it happened multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But it could happen multiple times because it had to happen once first. And it had to be documented. And people could go, yes, that's part of the history. And the Lord did it once. He can do it again. I can believe him that he will do it. Right? Yes. How many times do you hear about demons being cast out in the Old Testament? Uh, Bless you. You don't, really. But Christ came, rebuking demons, and cast them out. Bless you, brother. <laughs> right? Did he not? Mm-hmm. Yes. John the Baptist, the Baptist, or the Immerser, came baptizing. He was the first one to do it in the manner he did it. Why? Because that's what the Lord told him to do. But they're written, right? And his baptism was different than Moses' baptism, which you also saw with Joshua. The water's dividing, right? They're written in the Red Sea, and right, exactly. Mm -hmm. They're written so we can know. That's part of our history. And what does it do? What is 
What is, how does David use the history throughout all of Psalms? To build himself up, to encourage himself, to know, to learn from the mistakes. Do we understand this a little bit? Yes. So, so we see the full spectrum here. It's never about condemning us, but it's only to edify, to build up, to encourage, to admonish, to exhort. Remember these things. Right? Yes. Wasn't that part of the, I'll say, the law of Moses? Every seven years, you're to gather all the people and read, well, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Why? To remind the people of their history and not just where they've been and, and how far they've come, but to educate them, to edify them in the Lord and build them up in what He was doing and He did in their lives and how He delivered them and all the miracles and all the things He did. It's the same God today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do we understand that? Excuse yes. me, that verse a little differently now? Yes. And in light of, what, of everything else he's, he's discussing? You bring up a great point there, sir. But there's, there's more, there's deeper things. Mm -hmm. right. also, Go ahead. And I also say in that uh, scripture, Paul is also, I say, combating against the mindset. I know that I find myself thinking of, well, I'm me. I don't fall in that. <laughs> I do this better than everybody else does. I won't fall for that same trap. So Paul is also going against that perspective of superiority against over everybody else. Hmm. You said he's not? Yeah. He, no, is. Yeah, he is. He's going in the superiority over everybody else? He said he's, he's going against that mindset. Oh, going against? Oh, um, yes, yes. Kind of like what when you, the sir. section of scripture that Promise referenced a couple of um, podcasts ago about when he, oh no, you referenced it, sweetheart, in judging where you said Jesus asked the people, was their sin greater than yours? Right. Because these things happened to him and he said, no. Or were they more sinful than you are? Right, mm -hmm. exactly. So he wasn't saying that you're superior in some way or that he himself was, that he had to learn these same things as well. Yes. What does it say about Jesus, our pattern example? He learned obedience. Through his suffering, suffering mm -hmm. but that he was meek. He was humble. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. We too should be in the same way. And, and this is Jesus, who is and was and is God, who is the righteous judge. But he humbled himself. He was meek and lowly. And didn't say, I'm God. Bow down and worship me. But he bore with us our burdens. Yes. See some similarities here? Yes. Okay. Do you have more you want to share? or No. Are you reopening it up for everybody else? I'm reopening it up. Okay. Well, who wants to go next? I appreciated what you said. Luchos. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Who wants to go next? One second, someone else can go. Okay, so I'll go then. I'll, I will jump in. <laughs> Verse 14. 
uh, really stood out to me. I know it's the start of this. He says, I myself, now I myself, I'm confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also, oh, sorry, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. So what I find fascinating about this is this is really the first verse after he concludes the application portion of this letter and what it's supposed to look like. So, and I say that because he's never met these people. But because of the words, one, the word of God that they had, and the word of God through, through Paul in this epistle, this letter, his confidence is not so much in them, but it's in God, right? Yes. I'm confident concerning you that that you're now able to do these things, that you're now able to walk in this manner, that he's instructing them, people he's never met. That they're able to apply what he's been writing, of course, through the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, that they are able to apply it to their lives. Doesn't Peter write something similar? And if you act in these manners, right? Yes. That you will neither be unprofitable or unfruitful in the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Paul just finished covering the application portion. And he's confident that they are able to now carry it out. That they have everything they need to carry it out. Would I be correct if I'm um, repeating back to you what I think I heard you say? Okay. If Paul's not so much saying, because I know you and I know your ability, he's saying, I know that I've given you what you need and what I've written to you, and if you apply it, now I have confidence you can do it. Exactly. But not only, not only that they can apply it in their lives, but that now they have Teach the teaching, yes. so they are able to admonish one another. It's just as another word for accountability. That's it. And encouragement. Exactly. Bearing with one another. All because of love. God is love. And we should, well, as he says in, in Romans 8, that we should be conformed to the image of Christ. Christ formed in us the hope of glory. That's not in Romans 8. That's in another section of Scripture. I just let's jump to the interlinear for the word admonish. Please there, do, brother. Use there, so it's a nuthetheho, nuthetheho. I can't hardly say that without getting my <laughs> tang tangled. Um, uh, the definition is to admonish, warn, counsel, or exhort. The origin is from the same as nutheo, to put in mind. Mm -hmm. really, to put it in, obviously, to put it into someone's mind. Put in mind, right? To caution or reprove gently, admonish or warn. Absolutely. So it falls into a lot of areas that would be a good way to use it, to build others up in the knowledge of Christ, for them to live so they can build others up in the knowledge of Christ, so Amen. they can live to build others up in the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Amen. And, but isn't that not similar to the aspect of a judge <clears throat> and judging, right? 
you see some of those same traits and, and similarities there between judge and admonish the bearing with and the weighing the matter of course which should be done through through christ and, and i'll say this to the admonishing part there are some similarities but it looks different for every person right you can look at job job admonished his wife but it's easy to, to look at what he says and, and and by that i mean when she gave the the advice the counsel if you will to curse god and die the ill counsel. The ill counsel. I'm not saying it was good counsel. That was her counsel, right? It was clearly evil. It was wicked. And Job admonished her. What did he say? You're talking like one of the foolish women. You speak like or as one of the foolish women. In other words, hey, no, no, no. Like, you can look at that and say that was very harsh. That was very direct. It was blunt. And had the potential to stir up strife. But it was just a very quick, there was, there was a little rebuke and there was some admonishment at the same time. Now, nah, come on back in line with the Lord. Let's not forget that we're his children, right? Repent, come back into alignment. So you see the same, that's just one example of, of some admonishment there. All done in love. Who else has something they want to share? How about you? What about you, Promise? I see you over there writing and everything else. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, sir? Okay, so the Lord wanted me to first start by talking about verse 15 and 16, where it says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have read more boldly to you on some points as reminding you, because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord is talking about how Paul's not saying that he's the only one who's able to help the Romans. He's saying God had sent Paul to help fix and point out and fix the areas that the Romans need help in so that they're not believing in false things. And it kind of reminded me of when you, when we're doing schoolwork and we learn that we do the wrong thing and we keep trying to learn the wrong way, we end up learn, knowing it the wrong way. So when it comes for test time, we can't do it correctly. Okay. So that's what the Lord is talking about for those two scriptures. And then God... The Lord is talking to me about the verse 20 where it says, And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ is named, lest I should build on another man's foundation, but as it is written. Wait, sorry. To whom he has not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. So the Lord, the Lord is talking to me about for that scripture, He's not, Paul's not saying that he's not going to go where Christ is known so he can build up faith for himself. He's saying that he's, instead of, for example, it's, I'm not going to bring a flashlight to a well-lit room. I'm going to bring it to a dark spot so I can see. And so it's the same with Paul. He's saying that he's bringing 
He's going where the Lord tells him, but he's also bringing it to the places that need help the most. Amen. Okay. What else? And also kind of remind me of the scripture I referenced previously with the woman mm-hmm. and the woman that sinful woman that Jesus forgave. Mm-hmm. And I was the same. I'm not saying that Paul's Jesus, but okay. it's the, but it's the same here. He's going to the people that need to know about Christ so they can obtain mercy and receive forgiveness. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's a, I love how you brought that up, sir. And it ties everything together, right? Why did Paul make it his aim to go somewhere else? He was a Jew, and he could have remained and witnessed and preached to other Jews, right? Yes. So why did he make it his aim to go somewhere else? Uh, for... Go ahead, promise. So he wasn't preaching on someone else's. So he wasn't building on another person's foundation in, so that he could spread the light. Okay. I'm gonna read. Uh, everybody, turn to Mark 16. And you also understand what we were talking about there, Le Charles, with the history and why he was writing about these things and using his history, right? So could someone read that Mark 16 verses 15 through 18? I will. Okay. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Do we not just first and foremost read, going to the history part first, right? How... The Lord did unusual, <laughs> right? That's what that's what it said, right? He did unusual things through Paul. Miracles. Mm-hmm. Unusual yes. miracles. And if you really read out Paul's life story, right, in the scriptures, was he not bit by deadly serpents? Mm-hmm. He was. Oh, Lamar. wait, and it, he was, right? Or, or drank anything deadly, right? It wouldn't hurt them, wouldn't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? Yes. Right after it said it, it didn't, he did unusual miracles and talked about handkerchiefs and aprons. Mm-hmm. So work clothes. So he just sent people work clothes. Mm-hmm. And the sweat from Paul, which of course is the Lord and his anointing, coming out, healed them. I would probably liken it more to um, Elijah's Amen. mantle or exactly. Elisha's bones when A- they threw the... The dead Amen. man in there on top of his bones. When he touched him, the power of God that was still in his bones caused that man to be raised from the dead. Exactly. Did he not cast out demons? Yes. There was a little magician servant, right? Yes. Okay. Each of those things, and those are just a couple examples, a few examples, were all opportunities to preach the gospel. 
all of them were opportunities to further the kingdom or resulted in those. But it begins with what? Go into all the world. That was what the Lord put on Paul's heart, what he had commanded Paul. Because he initially began his ministry preaching to the Jews. Mm -hmm. And then there came a time where they had rejected him to the point of the Lord said, hey, now go here. And and I think in that the the probably the the bigger thing that I see is Paul embracing the ministry that God had for Amen. him. Amen. And I was just about to bring that up um, because God gives us territories that He wants us to operate in, and um, it I think from the natural perspective it seemed natural to Paul to minister to his brothers and uh, mm-hmm. his his natural kinsmen, and he mentioned that earlier in Romans that that was his heart's desire that they would be saved. So it seemed natural to do that. But God said, no, I need you to go over here. So even in the, the great commission or, you know, uh, Matthew chapter 16, what we were reading those verses, go into all the world, go where God assigns you. Right. Because if he told you Amen. to stay, you know, you're over here in, in Timbuktu, but he, he called you to Nebraska. Yeah. You're technically in all the world, but is that where God asked you to be? So, Every time I hear Paul reference that, how God had called him to the Gentiles and ministering to them and, and what it means, to me, it's him acknowledging, God, what you want is superior to what I want. And, and what he says that exact better. thing here, right? Sorry? He says that exact thing in this section of scripture, verses 22 and 23. What's he saying? Oh, Romans 15. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. But now, no longer having a place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come to you. He, he, in there, he acknowledges his desire, his want. I wanted to come to you. I want to come. I still want to come. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't time. Mm-hmm. It's not yet time, right? Mm-hmm. He acknowledges, okay, there's been roadblocks set up to prevent him from coming. But what are the roadblocks for necessarily? Is it always because of the enemy or is it because the Lord's saying, hey, no, I want you to come here instead. Mm-hmm. Don't you see that with Jonah? Yes. Oh, I want to go over here. I want to right, get away. I don't want to do the thing the Lord called me to do. I'm not saying Paul was always disobedient. Right, but it's for our own good. Sometimes we have a desire to do something. The Lord says, no, I want you to go here instead. Mm-hmm. And um, he had to learn obedience. Paul, although a Pharisee of Pharisees, as he describes, mm-hmm. if our Messiah had to learn obedience, then so did he. Amen. And um, and being a Pharisee, there's an element of being self-willed. and But that's just a part of humanity. God made us to have dominion. And so with that, we have to learn to submit our dominion to the rule of Jesus Christ and to him mm-hmm. versus letting ourselves be continue to be self-willed and, and driving and governing our own lives when we should be submitted to him. Exactly. Um, you know, there's a count in, what was it, Acts, where he wanted to go and, you know, he wanted to go a certain direction and God would not let him and the Spirit spoke to him and then mm-hmm. said, no, but go over here. This exactly. is where I want you and this is the time and season. And even as believers, we may be hearing from God, I've called you to this place. Paul eventually got to, to Rome, but it had to be in the time and season that God wanted him to be there, but it, and it also had to be in the capacity that he wanted him to be there. Amen. Paul would have shown up and been a, Rome, a free man roaming around, but God wanted him to be connected to Caesar's um, palace. 
which meant he had to go through the doors of the prison in order for that to happen. So we have a sense in ourselves of what God wants for us. But just like Moses, God meant him to be a deliverer, but not a murderer <laughs> and not to do it without God or outside of God's timing. Or in his own way, stated slightly differently. Yes, he, that, that being a deliverer was meant to be submitted to God and brought forth as the Holy Spirit willed, Amen. governed, guided, and directed purely by the will of God versus a sense of this is my destiny or any of those kind of things that we in our flesh think is equal to and should be adhered to simultaneously as we, we call ourselves listening to God. And I'm not saying to, that to minimize it, but the enemy will not delay in diverting the will of you from the plan of God because you don't understand. So <laughs> if you allow it, <laughs> you know, you, he may have meant that in all, all good um, motives and innocent, I'm going to deliver them. But the fact that it wasn't governed by God caused it to enter somewhere that God didn't want it to be. And it caused delay to other Amen. things. And then his, his confidence was shaken by that. His, his being had to be restored, all of those mm -hmm. things. So as we're listening to the, and, and considering what God has called us to, let us also consider everything and being in the timing and the vein and the capacity and the perspective that the Lord has in mind. And what he needs from us is to agree with him. So as Paul makes that declaration, every time he says that it ministers to me, like here's what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And here's how he wants it to come forward through me. I don't need to go be someone else's version. I don't need to do what I think is right. I need to do what the Lord says is his will and his perspective. And that's, that's good. That's profitable. And that will be safe and satisfying for me, but it does require that I restrain and throttle back um, my thoughts on the matter. And even if it's, it seems like a strong desire, go, okay, God, I hear you. I acknowledge you on this. Now, how do you want it to come forth? What is your will and how do you want this to be done? Amen. Well, there's a lot in that. So let's stop there for today. And, um, I'll close in prayer, right? Father, we'll just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time and this opportunity that we can just be in your presence and learn more about you, your thoughts and your ways. We thank you for the teaching, the instruction that you've given us, the leading of your Holy Spirit to guide us into all the truth, which is your word. Excuse me. We thank you that you lead us into every situation as long as we are submitted to you. So we submit to you, Lord. We commit ourselves to you. Mm -hmm. And we know that you keep all the things that we commit to you. Thank you. So we thank you. We thank you for the listeners. We thank you for the partners. I ask that you bless them, that you continue to protect them. We thank you for the ministering angels you've sent and given charge over them mm -hmm. to always point to you. We just thank you and mm -hmm. praise and glorify and magnify your name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, 
where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.